You are listening to Bear in Mind, the University of Northern Colorado's official podcast. Join us each episode as we listen to the voices from UNC faculty, staff, students, and alumni as they offer insights of local or national importance. This is your host, Dan and Cox, bringing you just a taste of UNC. My name is Mark Anderson. I use my middle initial because there's a lot of Mark Andersons, so my middle initial is R, which doesn't really differentiate me from too many people. My title is Provost and Senior Vice President for Academic Affairs. I grew up in uh, Bloomington, Indiana, which is where Indiana University is. And my parents were not affiliated with the university, but all of my friends' parents were. And so uh, I got exposed to sort of the, the, the faculty lifestyle, I suppose, very early on. Then when I was in high school, um, my chemistry per- teacher in high school, was a very good chemistry teacher, introduced me to a, uh, some chemistry faculty at Indiana University, and I had the opportunity the summer between my junior and senior year in high school to work in a chemistry laboratory. And that really exposed me to, to it, my, my friend's parents and that experience exposed me to uh, the profession of being a faculty person. And it just appealed to me. And uh, so I worked in a chemistry laboratory my entire undergraduate uh, career. Um, I was a TA when I was a, a, a senior. and. I really had no uh, aspirations other than to be a university faculty person. When it came to just chemistry, was there something particularly in chemistry that you had a, a knack for or a thrive for? Um, what? No. I think I like science. I like math, as, and I was good at it when I was growing up. Um, most people who go into chemistry have a very good high school chemistry teacher, mm. and, and that was my case as well. I think, frankly, if you ask virtually any chemistry faculty person at any university in the country, that will be their experience. It's pretty rare, actually. High school chemistry teachers uh, are few and far between. Oftentimes, they are either repurposed biology teachers or repurposed uh, physics teachers. The day I walked in the door as a freshman in, uh, as a freshman student at Indiana University, I, I was only targeting being a, a university professor, yes. So, so then where did it take you after graduation? Uh, so I graduated from Indiana University. I went to the University of Wisconsin, uh, the Madison campus, to, to get my Ph.D. in chemistry. Um, when I got my PhD in chemistry, I then went to the University of Utah where I was a postdoc for a couple of years. I postdoc with a guy named Stan Pons and I was in his lab for uh, between 1987 and 1989 as a postdoc. Uh, Stan Pons is a great guy, is very good to me. Uh, and he did really interesting research, but at that time he he was embroiled in this this thing called cold fusion. If you do a Google search on cold fusion and Stan Pons, uh, you get a whole bunch of of uh, interesting information. But basically, it's it was uh, the ability or the claim of the ability to to induce fusion reactions at room temperature. It got a lot of publicity, and and uh, it was on the cover of Time magazine. I was interviewed by NPR and and a whole bunch of other stuff. There's yeah, there's been books written about it and the whole thing. 
I started as an assistant professor in Virginia Tech in 1989, uh, and I loved it. I love teaching. I love doing research. I love working with students. It was everything I'd hoped it to be. Um, but between the time I was a freshman in, in college and when I started as a beginning faculty person, which was almost uh, exactly 10 years, actually, now that I think about it, uh, higher education had, had changed quite a bit. And the role of research, particularly at an R1 institution, had, had changed. I sort of grew up in the time when research was simply about the discovery process. It was about learning. Uh, and it still is to a certain degree. But at, at uh, state flagship universities, R1 institutions, as state governments started to defund higher education, the importance of funding for research became more and more important. And research as a funding mechanism became, became a strategy for a lot of R1 institutions. And so the nature of the role of research, particularly at R1 institutions, changed fairly dramatically in the time I I went from grad student to postdoc to beginning assistant professor. And whereas I was attracted to the sort of the holistic faculty position, teacher, scholar, at a place like Virginia Tech, my success was going to be driven by my, my research success. I went on sabbatical leave in, in 2000. I went to the University of North Carolina for a sabbatical, which in my, uh, my research area uh, was one of the top places in the world. And I spent a lot of time reflecting on what was important to me. And what was important to me was that teacher-scholar model where, where the teaching and the research were supporting each other. And I didn't see that uh, I was able to be true to myself at, uh, at Virginia Tech going along the path I was going. And so I, I pretty much made a decision to to focus on the education of my students and not the sort of the continuous pursuit of, of research funding. Interestingly enough, I would say, arguably, I had my most successful research career after making that decision. But uh, in the process of doing that, I, I effectively decided that in order for me to sort of be true to myself and true to my beliefs of what what a faculty person should be, I was going to have a hard time doing that, staying in, in kind of the R1 environment. Always always pursuing the grants? The always research. pursuing the grants, and, and I was te- the classes I was teaching at Virginia Tech were, were uh, 200 students plus. Um, I was doing a lot of research with undergraduates, which I, I really enjoyed, and that was great. Um, but it's hard, um, it's hard to teach 200 students and make sure that they all are are kind of getting your individual attention, if that makes any sense. Yeah, how can how can you have yeah. individual attention after that? Yeah. yeah, I tried to, and and frankly, I I was I would say you know I made a, a very purposeful decision. I knew every student's name. I was able to call them by name and stuff like that. If I saw them on campus, I was able to have a chat with them, and I think they I think the students appreciated that. But but it was hard. In 2007, our oldest child was a senior in high school, and so it, she was graduating, so it was a good time to, to think about leaving. Because I was director of our graduate program, I looked at uh, department chair positions at universities, and it just so happened that the University of Colorado Denver campus was, was looking for a chemistry department chair, and so I uh, applied and got the position. 
University of Colorado Denver at the time was this was 2007 and 2004. They had merged the uh, Anschutz Medical Campus, which which wasn't the Anschutz Medical Campus at that time. It was the downtown medical campus. Anyway, with the um, Comprehensive University, and so overnight the University of Colorado Denver went from being sort of a commuter school to uh, really a, a research one university. Anytime you have a medical school, you're a research one university. So they ended up hiring a lot of people like myself who were coming out of R1 backgrounds into into faculty positions and, and uh, leadership roles as well. So it was just, it worked out well for me, I think. I was dean for seven years at Kennesaw, and again, I was made aware of various positions, and I'd had some success as the dean, and it uh, was suggested to me by some mentors and colleagues that, that I might be okay at the role of provost. And so, because I'd been at CU Denver, I like Colorado. We have a lot of friends in, in, in the state, some family. And so when the position at uh, UNC was advertised, uh, um, at least on paper, it looked like a good fit to me. And, and uh, turns out it was a good fit. So, so I'm really pleased to be here. What is a provost? Well, that's a great question. I think uh, it's probably one of the roles at uh, universities that a lot of people don't know what it is. If you watch uni- if you watch movies about universities, it's always the dean. It's never the provost. It's very rarely the president. Um, and so the provost is a role which kind of has emerged his- over the course of history for universities. And as the president role became more and more externally focused, focused on alumni relations, um, uh, donor relations, government relations, as the president's role became more and more external, the need to have uh, another person who kind of oversees the academic side emerged. And so provost, if you look at sort of the history of higher education, is a relatively new role for most universities. And by relatively new, I'm talking higher education in in the country is almost as as old as the country itself. Um, But probably in the last 50 or 60 years is when the provost started to emerge as, as a more common position. And really it is the the person who oversees the academic enterprise of the university. So uh, universities, whether we want to admit it or not, are big businesses. And our core business is education, providing those educational opportunities to students. But we have housing, we have dining, we have a bookstore and, and all of that. And uh, as the business of the universities got more and more and more complex, um, it was increasingly hard for one person, the president, to oversee everything. And so as you have uh, different vice presidents who oversee the different operations, and the provost is is the one who oversees the academic operations. So the deans uh, report up through me. And so the deans have, have uh, leadership and oversight of specific academic programs which are organized around themes. So you have the College of Education 
And so the units within the College of Education really are focused on teacher preparation kinds of things. You have a College of Natural Health Sciences uh, where the units within that college are science focus and, and the other colleges performing visual arts, business, uh, humanities and social sciences. And so the deans, and I was dean of the College of Science and Mathematics, the deans typically come out of, out of the academic traditions of that unit. And the provost obviously comes through an academic tradition, but can't come from all of the academic traditions. And so we oversee the academic enterprise of the university. So we have responsibility to ensure that um, the curriculum uh, that the students are receiving is good. What has your experience been so far since you've been at UNC? Um, it's been a really great experience. People are super. Um, we have great faculty here, very dedicated faculty, and faculty who, who have the mindset that I was looking for when I was at Virginia Tech that, that I didn't feel comfortable with, a teacher-scholar model. So UNC is one of three research universities in the state of Colorado. So our faculty have a responsibility to conduct research. But we're different from the University of Colorado. We're different from Colorado State in that our research, we really need to bring back and align it with our teaching mission. So in the absence of that teaching mission, research for us, to me, doesn't make a lot of sense. Likewise, our teaching mission demands that we be involved with research. One of the things that's that's really critically important in higher education today, whether we're talking about a bachelor's degree or a graduate degree, is that we have to prepare students through through the curriculum, not for what was, but for what will be. And so how do we know what will be? The way you know what will be is by being engaged in determining what the future of your discipline is, by being engaged in research. And so uh, uh, to me, the teacher-scholar model that we, we uh, embrace here at UNC for all of our students, undergraduate as well as graduate, is critically important for sort of the integrity of, of the education that, that students are getting here. Our research is different from what you're getting at the University of Colorado or Colorado State. Um, so it's not less of a research focus. It's more of, of how we are positioning our research mission within the context of the entirety of the university. So when I was at Virginia Tech, for example, as an R1 institution, our research was really focused on, on grants and graduate um, here, while we have very strong graduate programs, I think what, you, what you've probably experienced, uh, and if I'm wrong, tell me, is that the research experience engages undergraduates as well as graduate students. Um, and it's part of the education. It's not, it's not in, it's, research isn't the only thing. It's part of, of our teaching mission. Research is very dependent upon the individual. And so for, let's just say, a first-year freshman, it doesn't have to be necessarily new and novel it might it, because it is new and novel to them. Right. And so they're discovering something that they didn't know before. Um, and it's a little bit of a scaffolding experience and taking, you know, somebody who's just out of high school and somebody who's sort of a second or third year gra uh, uh, undergraduate and then first year graduate student and then somebody who's about ready to finish, you have to build that foundation before you can get to, to mm -hmm. the place where 
you are at the forefront of your discipline, whether it's provost or, or dean or department chair or even faculty person. Um, students feel a little bit of a, of a disconnect between their experience and, and that of the and and what they think the faculty or the university is. And I've not yet met a single faculty person who is not really dedicated and connected to the students. And so one of the hard parts about being the provost is I am personally very dedicated and connected to the student experience, but because I'm not teaching regularly, because I'm not conducting research anymore, I don't have those those one-on-one -on -one interactions. And so it's a little disappointing because the reason I got into higher education to begin with was to work with students because I had a lot of people who were helping me who who really are very important to me in in my profession but also in my personal life and so you know I really enjoy interacting with students uh, one of the reasons why I like this kind of thing is because it gives me uh, it gives me that connection and I think every faculty person at UNC has that desire to to make those connections to to students and so the hard part about this job to me is is sort of the the space between myself and uh, and the students one of the things that I, I really admire president feinstein about is he's he's able to to maintain those connections with students uh, going to an athletic event or going to a, a, a music performance with uh, President Feinstein is an amazing experience because every student who's there feels a connection to him. And so I'm really impressed by that and I'm in awe of it. And I aspire to have that same type of, of connection to students. Yeah, I heard that once he jumped out of an airplane with with a student. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go quite that far. <laughs> <laughs> Bungee jumping, maybe I don't know. I'll play uh, tennis with him. <laughs> but, uh, bungee jumping, jumping out of a car or out of an airplane, yeah, that's not my thing. Moving forward, where do you see yourself, and where do you see your connection with UNC? Wow, that's a great question. It's kind of a deep and philosophical question. You know, I told you I had some interesting experiences, so I told you a little bit about cold fusion. I was at Virginia Tech during the shooting, um, and a lot of that uh, that day is is just tattooed to my brain. Um, but what it did for me personally and professionally is it really uh, emphasized the importance of personal connection uh, and the importance of community. And so I feel very strong about about community, and and that's one thing I see uh, here in UNC um, that I really liked. And I saw that when I interviewed here, and and I knew really straight on that this was a place that um, had sensibilities very similar to my own. In fact, when I came back from the uh, interview and was talking to my wife, I told her that this was the job for me um, when I was at. Kennesaw State, some of the realities of higher education hit me, you know, straight between the eyes when when we were merged with another university by our system. When I was at UC Denver was during the recession of the 2008-2009 time frame. So higher education really, ha in the time frame I've been a student to now, has really evolved. And one of the things that I like about higher education is that every day is a new day. Every day is different. We're seeing that with the with the coronavirus. Of all the things that I've experienced in my career, 
this is the most unusual. And this is the hardest for me to wrap my head around because the one thing it's done is it's, it's to me, because of the social distancing has taken away a lot of the community. And so like I said, from Virginia Tech, I really, really feel very strongly that community and connection is critically important to the success of the university, the success of the faculty, the success of the students. And so I have some, like I said, this is just the weirdest thing to me. And I, I am confident because of the people here at this university that we will figure out a way to maintain that, that community. But I think it's going to be difficult. We have to make a, a very intentional effort to make sure that um, we build those community, we build those relationships, because they're going to be different than they were before spring break. So what I really hope for for myself and UNC is that we continue to to focus on community because that was the piece that I think is very special about the university that I think we have to really be diligent with in our current situation. And part of building community moving forward is making sure that students understand that they're an integral and important part of who we are and what we're doing and that their their voice matters to to the direction of the university but also that we help to each other faculty and staff build a sense of professional growth and so we have to help our faculty particularly in this time understand how they can continue to do their research how they can continue to grow both professionally but but also as a person another thing i, I really felt when I was just beginning my career at, at Virginia Tech, I knew that as I went along, I was going to grow and change as a person, not my core values, but, but my interests. And at some institutions, I think it's hard to grow because they want you to, to be something and they've hired you to be something. And I always found that very uh, stifling. And so one of the things I want our students and our faculty to, to believe about the university, because I believe it very strongly, is that we want to grow with you and we want to help you grow. And so, you know, however long that is, my goal is to help the university and help everybody at the institution understand that we want, we want you to grow and we're here to help support that. Just had a birthday the other day, and so I'm older than I used to be. <laughs> and so I see this as sort of the, the culmination of what I've wanted to do when I was, uh, you know, an 18-year-old kid going to, to college, which is to be in an, in an environment where we have community and the community helps uh, each other uh, be the best they can be. And I think in this role, uh, what excites me is I think I have an opportunity to to impact that. Because of the coronavirus, we, we obviously aren't having the commencement ceremony this spring. Um, but one of the reasons why I like it, and when it really reminds me of why we're doing this, you know, they, the way commencement works is, is typically you're grouped by by your your college and your degree, and so, you know, as people are their names are being read and they're crossing the stage, receiving their diploma, 
I have the really the privilege of shaking the hands of many of our graduates as they're as they're crossing the stage. But everybody, you know, in a sequence is getting the same bachelor's degree or the same master's degree. But they're not the same degree. In my opinion, in my mind, everybody is has earned a degree in themselves uh, because everybody's experience is different. And, and it's the difference in those experiences which differentiate us, and we have to celebrate those differences. Thank you.